Hello, and welcome to On The Irregular with Java Berry, a podcast where I chat to women from all walks of life about their own unique creative journey, how they got here, how their story has shaped their creative work, what they've learned, what has helped them, and where they plan to go from here. It's an irregular journey for so many of us, and I am delighted to offer a platform to share these fascinating stories and wells of wisdom. This week, I'm talking to Laurie Park, aka Dear Prudence Studio, an illustrator and designer, mother of three boys and a dear friend. Originally from Scotland, now based in Hebden Bridge, Laurie chatted to me about growing up knowing she wanted to be an artist, the struggles she had in the education system, and the path she took via textiles and fashion to arrive at her current medium of cards and stationery. A brief warning, this episode includes the F word. Welcome to Chapter 7 with the lovely Laurie Park. So, okay, so tell me, tell me a bit about like your background, where are you from and, and your family life? So I actually, I'm from Scotland. I was born in Peterborough and my parents lived there for like a year and then we moved back up. I did up. not know that. But we moved straight up to Scotland when I was one and um, yeah, I've lived, lived in, lived in um, just outside Glasgow and then moved to Edinburgh when I was about six. And yeah, just had my, my whole high school years um, right up to when I left school and got um, a place at Leith School of Art in um, Edinburgh. And I just always knew that that's what was for me. That's what I wanted to do. And I wasn't good at anything else. Academically, than, right. Academically, yeah. It was, it was one path for me. And it was always going to be art. Yeah, always. you have dyslexia as well, haven't yes. you? Yes, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but I didn't find out I was dyslexic until I was at art school, and oh, I was right. really struggling finding. Because um, when you're at art school, there's obviously historical and critical studies, which is a lot of heavy written content as well, and writing like your extended essay yeah. for your end of degree. And I was really struggling writing and finding my voice and finding an angle yeah and Andrew when I met him that's my partner my husband and he said you know I was diagnosed with dyslexia when in my third year at at art school I think you should go and get a test because you're showing quite a few of the similar things I struggled with and I went and got tested at uh, learning support and yeah they found that I was mainly dyslexic with numbers not so much yeah handwriting and english and all that kind of stuff it was a lot of the my long uh short-term memory yeah can't hold too much yeah and that that hadn't been picked up on at school school at all i was just put in the bottom group for everything and i just knew that i just wasn't as good at any other subjects with everyone else as everyone else was wow. I really really struggled at school I couldn't find my place yeah and um, the only subject I really enjoyed was history but I think that just shows when the, we had an ama- I had an amazing teacher yeah yeah if you've got an amazing teacher yeah oh, that makes such a difference it really does doesn't it I mean we had an incredible history oh. teacher as well like and yeah oh. they would tell stories yes which is essentially what, what it is me. yeah it was like the stories the whole class would just be there in, in rapture just like what it was and and they yeah. were just like walk up and down in, like, in front of the blackboard in front of the class just telling us all these stories and it was great it was a joy and then you could remember it because you'd kind of visualised it in your mind exactly and and you hold on to that information because yeah. it's 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 what happened yeah whereas yeah. something like maths you're just swimming in numbers yeah. and you can't visualise it well I couldn't visilise that I had yeah. to visualise a story yeah but yeah so and so were your parents supportive of you like how, how did yeah they really were, well because what 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 was the situation at home? Your dad was working. Yeah, my dad worked a lot. He was away a lot. So he lived in London during the week and came home at weekends. And was he working in HR? Yeah. Right. He worked for um, yeah Human Resources uh, for Johnson's Press, which basically buys over small newspapers oh, okay. around the country. And he was in London an awful lot. Um, we did have to nearly move to London, but I kicked up a fuss. I was like, no, <laughs> no, we're not moving to London. And then, you know, eldest child gets their way. <laughs> we don't have to move to London. 
Um, and so my mum didn't work during that time, but my mum's a, um, she's a nurse and she's actually been vaccinating um, oh, yeah. during COVID. So she does, in Scotland, they, they have a drive-through service. So my mum jabs people through their car windows. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just, stick- so do, just stick your arm out, <laughs> drive off like you're getting a McDonald's. <laughs> But a COVID jab, yeah. That's brilliant. So she's been doing that like four, three, four days a week. Right. So I, she, she's trying to count everyone that she's vaccinated and it is like thousands now. I mean, Oh, that's amazing. amazing. I'm so proud of her. It's such a great thing that she oh. does. So two very different parents doing very different things. Mm. Um, My mum is so um caring and understanding and then my dad's very driven mm. and, you know, it was very, at that time, it was very career, career, yeah. money, yeah. got to get better, got to get higher up. Yeah. Um, but they were very supportive of me being artistic. They saw very, very early on that that was my calling. Mm-hmm. I didn't question it, even though at school... Art was one of my worst subjects. It's so interesting. I did not, I was not, I got a, so for my higher art, which is kind of equivalent of A-level in England, but maybe a little bit easier, Mm. I got a C, which is not great Is that because it was somebody else's parameters of what you should be doing? absolutely, yeah. That's really interesting. So basically I wanted to do, um, something and they were like no you have to do this yeah it wasn't finding my style or um being expressive it was a bit of fruit and a teapot and a bit of linen blanket over a thingy and that's what I did and it for your it was like a 10 hour exam so it was like five hours one day and then five hours the next and you just had to do it and you had to bring it and the pressure I just don't think art should be Mm. under exam that's just that's crazy it should yeah. be all on portfolio yeah what you've created for the whole year yeah yeah and how yeah you've developed and progressed and how your thoughts have formed yeah absolutely mad that I just is. and then I did what's called six-year studies art and I did even worse than that I got an E <laughs> an E I don't even know what that is but... <laughs> it's off the scale <laughs> The reason I got an E is because I wanted to study the female form and I wanted to paint, like, life drawing. I wanted to do life drawing. Yeah. And my art teacher said, no, we, no way, we're not having naked life models in our classroom. Right. That is, I think she actually used the word obscene. She was just like, no way, even though that is like the basis of Yeah, that's, that's like where you, that's exactly, it's the basic, yeah. And um, so I basically, she didn't, te- but she didn't say to me, no, don't do, don't do, like, if you want to study the female form, study the female form, but you just can't do it through life. Yeah. So I went away and started copying, like, women out of magazines, because okay. it's the only, it's the only thing I could get. So yeah. I was, like, copying out of magazines and books. And the reason I got an E was because all my drawings were copied out of magazines and wasn't real life drawing so so you'd be, so you'd kind of like you'd kind of made it fit to yourself but it yeah, wasn't it wasn't and, and it was oh, the school's so fault absurd. and but they didn't tell me not to do that they didn't say maybe you should go and do nature or something else I was really lost at school yeah it sounds I like... was really really lost and confused so that was my mum actually my mum has an artistic streak and she really she's an amazing oh wow her drawings are just incredible yeah at school her drawings were oh wow she still has some of them and they still blow me away to this day because i've seen the photos that you've taken of of her home and like the collections that she has and yeah she's she's got an eye she's got a real eye hasn't she she really does she's definitely in shape i would say i definitely get a lot of my creativity from my mum yeah Um, and she wanted to find an art class for herself to um she was always doing like, she'd go and do a woodwork course or something and yeah. then she'd do a bit of that and they'd be like, oh, I'm going to do a bit of ceramics. And she was always looking for different courses that she yeah. could do and like 
just have that creative side of her as well mm. as being a nurse. Mm. So she found the Leith School of Art, which is a foundation school in Edinburgh and Leith, and it's been going for a long, long time. But it's a private school, so it's quite expensive mm -hmm. if you get in. And my mum and enrolled me and my sister in a day's class there just for kids mm. and I loved loved it. I was like, this is this is it. And then I found out that I could I could leave school and do a foundation course there oh, to prepare myself for art, art school. Because oh, there was okay. no way I would have gotten to art school straight from school. No oh, way. Okay. So this was like a good setup. Yeah, yeah. Where you go five days a week and paint and draw all day. That sounds like heaven. So that was what I did. And my mum and dad were so supportive, they paid for it. So I started there when I was 17. And just, I couldn't believe it, Java. I was just like, so this is my life now. Yeah. School was gone. Yeah. And I was just like, I just felt like I instantly belonged. Oh, that's was so just lovely. Like, and it was, it's an old church that had been converted into an art school. Very small. So there was only like 40 of us all together. Oh, wow. All just having left school. Yeah. Guys and girls all mixed. We and were that all age, really you get that so age, close yeah. to people and it's, yeah. oh, wow. And we all, and there was a few cool guys, you know, that smoked. And, <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, they're so arty. And they wear like, they're kind of painted overalls, like jeans, but just in them all day. And their hair all scruffy. And I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> Like you're checking yeah, out the talent. Checking out the talent, <laughs> totally. I was just like, this is amazing. And we'd have a really intense lecture in the morning with, like, um, you know, the big screen, and we just, the tutors would just go through artists. And oh. that would really drive you for the afternoon of then painting. Yeah. And it would just, we just did life drawing every day. Every oh, day life drawing. We'd do still lives as well. We did lino printing. We did traditional printing. Um, I want to do this course Photography, now. oh wow. my God, you would love it, Java. It's like, I was just, I didn't feel like there was, I didn't feel like I was the best, yeah. but it wasn't about that. It yeah. just didn't feel like it was about that. It felt, I know I had a long journey to go, but every, when you're drawing like that intensely yeah. every single day, yeah. oh my goodness, do you, and you're learning from the tutors. Yeah. Just unreal how quickly you come on yeah. and how quickly you find your style yeah. as well um and they were very very focused on sketchbooks as well sketchbooks mm. was a huge part of the foundation course to understand how to use a sketchbook and make it beautiful yeah. and make it something that is just yours almost like a diary yeah, because you, you've shared your sketchbook books before um, yeah, I, on Instagram. I've seen it. And, then, the and it's, it's I really love like how you kind of like using all the different parts of the page and how that then affects like the pages after mm -hmm. that. And, and it was really interesting seeing them because that's what I used to do just instinctively. I've got sketchbooks that are kind of their collage yep. and they've got poetry in there. And poetry, it's like, yeah, how can I make well. every single page into like a, a a work of art and it's yeah. and it's and it's something you I really get, miss. Yeah, like, I I want to get back into it yeah. because it, it really it's a great exercise. It's it just really is because it's like this is why I've never had a diary diary because it's yeah. always been a sketchbook. Yeah, I still write in it. Yeah, and then you look back on them and you remember yeah. days. Yep, that absolutely. You've done and it, they're so special. I mean, I've got hundreds, and I think that would be the first thing I'd rescue if my house went on fire. Would be all my sketchbooks. You know, one day there's going to be like you know, like you have artists. You can go and like walk around artists' houses or their studios. Yes. One day there's going to be all of your sketchbooks oh my exhibited God. somewhere. It's so funny because I was doing a still life, and one of the tutors came round and he said to me you've got a very textural style to your work. Right. Have you thought about textiles? Ah. And that was, th that one thing he said to me. Yeah. I was then going home and looking at textile designers and yeah. surface pattern designers and just reveling in that. Yeah. And being like, yeah, I think this feels right. Yeah. Because it's kind of like more design 
I didn't feel I was quite good enough to go fully into art, like yeah. fine art. Yeah. So I was like, I need to find something yeah. else. And yeah, it was it was basically textiles. And then okay. at the end of the year, at least you get to do a, you've basically specialised a little bit in where you want to go, whether it's fine art or photography, print. And I got really into it, what was kind of called body adornment. So okay. it's like a cross between jewellery and sculpture. Yeah. So it's like sculpture for the body. Okay. So I went and I got really, really heavily into this and did my end of show year oh, project. Wow. I made a giant shell that a human could get into. Oh, you've told me about this. Yes. Yeah. That sounds amazing. And it was made out of plaster cast and like I'd made it out of bamboo and oh, it was humongous and I got my friend to get in it naked and as if she was being born from the shell oh wow and I ended up getting the designer of the year award for it it was no un- way yeah, so I got, I got I got like a distinction for design which was unreal and they but the problem was it was so big it couldn't get out of the out of the actual door so I had to just smash it up smash it up yeah oh there's something really quite beautiful about that though like you create it and then you destroy it destroy it yeah but then they didn't tell me that they wanted to um, exhibit it at the end oh no for all the parents to come and see and I'd already destroyed it And I was like, why did you tell me to get rid of it if you wanted to use it again? But anyway. Oh my God. But there's another little bit of this that actually breaks my heart, which is quite a difficult end to the Leith School of Art yeah. story, unfortunately. Yeah. This shows that if if a school is too in, in their own style, yeah. too pushing a certain style, that yeah. everyone comes out the same. Yeah. So what happened was... They had photographed my entire portfolio and used those photographs as then inspiration for the next year coming up. And going through it on the um, slideshow projector. And my friend, she was like, do you want to go to the end of your show for next year at least? Mm. And I was like, yeah, we should go and support. And like... And I went in and I went upstairs and it was literally looking at my own work. Oh, you are kidding. No, I was like... Oh Someone's my... actually copied, like, copied the shell, the, all the materials no. I'd used, taken all the same photographs. All the, all the sketchbooks were literally like the same writing, the same shells that she'd drawn. I was only 19 and I just yeah. didn't... I didn't have the confidence to go and say to the tutors, yeah. if that was now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, it's kind I of mean, plagiarism. <laughs> it was complete yeah. plagiarism. It was all very, yeah, very not not a good time. But then it all just floated away, the fact that I got into you got Glasgow. Into school. And, yeah. you know, I it, that was a great, great time. And I knew that I wanted to do textiles. The, the whole four years at Glasgow were absolutely incredible. And... I was very lucky to be part of it. Yeah, it feels Glasgow feels really iconic. I it's think. An, oh my gosh! It's not now since no, it burned oh down. God, I know because my my grandmother went. She studied jewellery at Glasgow. Oh, so she did. I forgot your yeah. jewellery. Yeah, and she and like she really loves Rennie Macintosh and oh. the the stories that she would tell oh. about you know about your grandma will have been there at the peak. Yes, yeah, so because I guess it would have been. 40s, 40s, 50s, oh yeah. My God. 40, Unbelievable yeah. Wait, so she was born in 1932. So wait a minute. So late 40s. Yeah, yeah. it would have been like just at the end of the year. Wow. And the photos, and that, and she talks about the other students there. Oh, I'd love to and see the photographs. Yeah, that she's got of her. I know because she would have been in the Mac building. Yes, yeah, she because was. The design, well, I think the design school was at the bottom. Right. Okay. And then fine art were all at the top because they got all the light and all the windows. Okay. Whereas like things like design would get put down because they were considered not as high up as the artists. Oh, really? So like actually like physically on it's a lower like a level. Trade. Yeah, like the jewellery and things like that. And pottery was like a trade. So you would go downstairs right. at the bottom. And then the higher up. Okay. There's a really good video actually on um, YouTube that I watched on the Glasgow School of Art and the way it was and the way it ran as a school. 
Okay. Um, and it's really, oh, really I'd quite good. like to watch that. Yeah, it's amazing. Like it's that. so beautiful. And I don't understand how I could have been at a school because the design school was in the Newbury building opposite. So I didn't actually work in the, the Mac. Right. Um, and I never stepped in. Really? I never went round for it. You, you could do daily tours. I never went to the library. I just didn't care. You were just so consumed with what so, you were doing. I was just so consumed of what I was doing and going out and and yeah. meeting guys yeah. and just being young. I just didn't. And now I'm like, I cannot believe I didn't do a tour around the, the amazing yeah. archives and the library and the, the the smell of the wood and just the way. I yeah. would just... I, bonkers i don't know what where i was at but i was definitely you know what though like, i feel I was young I yeah like when you're 19. young it's so different and like i kind of feel that about certain parts of barcelona yeah you take it for granted you just take it for granted like, oh yeah that's just the building that i walk past every yeah. day you know and now i know how did i never go I in never there? yeah i know it's crazy you just don't you're so used to seeing it that yeah. it just you can't, it's part of the furniture. It's part isn't of the it? furniture. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, and then um, so when I went into textiles, I didn't realize that it would be so fashion heavy. Okay. So it was. It wasn't textiles like oh, let's see where textiles can take us. Yeah. It's like homeware or uh, hanging pieces yeah art you know art pieces it was fashion okay (laughs) and nothing else but fashion right because of the head of the department and that's the only reason that ended up taking me down that road i think naturally i am very i do love fashion yeah and i I mean you're incredibly stylish like every you are so like everything that you wear is so like perfect and chosen oh, and so you know I, I remember like when it. I first met you I was like she's definitely the most stylish person in her oh, my God, really? <laughs> oh my god I think I was just wearing leggings and I like yeah but top, that's, it's but that's so sweet yeah no it's true it's I just true. yeah I do love I, I I am you know my husband and I Andrew and I are very much into clothes and um just putting different things together I yeah. find it very inspiring yeah. So it it did it was a natural way for me, but I don't like the process of making clothes. Yeah. Like that never sit well. Yeah. Um and I was always like, No, 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 I can get through this, I just have to keep doing it and I'll right. get better. So but like I, the sewing and the cutting yeah, no pattern cutting. But and... I've realised if you don't really love something Yeah. You're not really gonna love it. Absolutely. I mean, I've for so so many people have been. I really feel like you know you should make your own clothes, and I've done sewing courses, and John's mum tr- that has shown you me how to use a sewing you machine. You have to push it like that. Yeah, I just it's not for me. No, I, I, I just I don't have the patience. No, that's like me. I we're think so it's alike, that, like yeah. that. We're very instinctual on the yeah. way we work, and we're quite, I flit and float from one thing to another. Absolutely, yeah. And I love that. I'll finish that later. I'll do this. Yeah. Whereas pattern cutting, you have to be, it, it's mathematical. Yeah. You have to be on point. If you're a millimetre out, the whole thing's ruined. Yeah. And I hated that about it. Yeah. I couldn't just be accidental and see where it took me. Yeah. So I really struggled with that part of it, like the making clothes. Mm-hmm. If there was a big fashion show coming up, because there's always a yearly fashion show that we'd be doing. I was like, mm-hmm. oh no. So you had the ideas. Yeah. But it was the execution. It was the execution that, yeah. that I just couldn't, it just wasn't finished enough. Yeah. So with textiles, you've got four specialisms and you've got print, embroidery, weave and knit. Mm -hmm. So you choose, you can choose one or you can choose two Mm. and mix them together. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I went into print and the print room became my home and I was just there screen printing every day for three years. Wow. On fabric. Um, learning how to do repeat pattern on meters of fabric yes. and how to layer which and... i see so much in your work now yeah i i yeah i hope that's nice to hear that because i i have come away from that so much yeah um and so when you so when you left did you have a kind of an idea of where you wanted to go with your work i was still pretty fashion obsessed right. i was still um, I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make it in fashion. Okay. Um, I was. No one could touch me. Yeah. But the problem is when you come out of yeah. a cocoon like that mm-hmm. of being in a school, you drop off the the cliff. You drop off. Yeah. The real world doesn't give. Yep. 
A flying a fuck. Flying, <laughs> sorry, am I allowed to swear? Yeah. A flying fuck. Whether you've got a first, a third, a second, you don't yeah. care. Yeah. It does not matter. Yeah. And I didn't realise that. I thought, oh my God, people are just going to be coming to me. I'm just going to get job after job. Yeah. And we did um, New Designers in London, which is basically all the university of the whole country, all the art schools, all come and exhibit right. in London for a week. Wow, okay. And we went and did that. And I didn't get any, nothing. Yeah. No one came to my stand. To, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I was like, no one's and it's because I just I wasn't commercial I didn't have what did I think was going to happen people were just going to buy a length of my fabric like I did I wasn't selling anything I wasn't there wasn't a product there there wasn't a finished thing that a buyer or a designer could come and say wow this is great it was just lengths Mm. of fabric it was just showing that I could print so in that way again I think art schools you know, all taught by tutors who have come out of art school themselves and just gone straight into teaching and I've got no idea how the real world works because I've never worked there. I'm not saying it's like that in all cases, but it certainly was at Glasgow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd come out of art school and you'd just go and become a tutor. So Mm. there was none of, no building, getting work experience, go out into the real world. What? Where do you see yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, that's a really good point. Actually, it's like identifying all the different areas. Mm. Like, there's not only one way of being a textile artist, or yeah, you know, so many. Yeah, I mean, that's really interesting. Actually, it's crazy. I mean, we did get quite a lot of people coming in, mm. ex students coming in that were, had been successful in what they were doing, and give us a talk. Okay, and I always found that really yeah. beneficial. Yeah, I was yeah. like, wow, this is. Like there was one girl that had just ma- just made skirts, right. but they were like really heavy felted skirts with like stitching on them, and she had done quite a lot of window displays. And but part of me was like, I don't understand how she's making a living out of yeah. that. Yeah, how do you get there? How yeah. do you get there? Yeah, the business side. That's a. I mean, that's a huge part of it, isn't it? It's like think, thinking about your costs mm. and about like, okay, well, how do you find that investment? You know, do I just do you just save the money? Do, do, do I ask my parents? Do I get a bank loan? Like, wh- yeah. you know, what, how... Yeah, the logistics, the, li- the logistics yes. and the nitty-gritty, that is the key bit. To be to be a successful creative, it's kind of got nothing to do with your... Cre- well, there is that, but, like, it's got so little to do with the creativity. It's like, it's, ha- it's, it's your business head. It's your how business you create head, it. yeah. yeah. And having that money and, ha- and being in the right place at the right time yeah. as well is a huge... I mean, if it wasn't for my grand Mildred feeding me money yeah um you know every time I went to see her I would I wouldn't have been able to afford to buy any of the things that I needed to even do what I needed to do exactly exactly that's the thing is and that's why it art and creativity ends up you know being kind of like the privilege of the it's a privilege it really is a privilege and especially now because you have to pay you even have to pay even more yeah to be able to have the rights to study well it's like I mean I, I you know I don't I consider that I come from a middle class background, but we always at home like money was very mm. up or down. Like yeah. you know, because yeah. my mum was free working, yeah, someone was freelance, she was creative, and so it was kind of feast or famine. And I always had a babysitting job, um, yeah. but we would often rely on my babysitting job to like buy groceries for that week or whatever. Mm. Um, and so I really wanted to do my baccalaureate in. Uh, in art because you had to choose that you did either art or literature or sciences I think that's and I wanted to do art but I didn't choose and the baccalaureate is um it's like I, I guess it's like A levels or GCSE it's like when you're 16 to 18 God, I wish it was called that here that's a beautiful name yeah it's, it's the international bachillerato <laughs> that's what it's called wow. oh and God, so I, I wanted to choose art so but I didn't choose it because of the cost of the materials because I knew isn't that oh my yeah because, because I knew we wouldn't be able cost to afford- of materials you didn't do what you wanted yeah. to do yeah yeah and because I knew that we didn't have a steady enough income in our house for me to be able to buy whatever I needed whereas I knew that if I studied literature um and humanities you don't need a I lot don't there. I don't need that I yeah. can borrow the books from from other people and and luckily it was something that I was really interested in and I really loved but I've always felt a bit heartbroken that I didn't choose that but I found my way you know yes, I found, found my way, way in, in a different way yeah and but, I guess the great thing is about you Java like you're on I'm you're 
very very good at a lot of different things so you're an amazing writer oh, you're an amazing you. artist thank you're an amazing you. curator you've got a lot of different yeah. legs that you're very good at um which can make it tricky to choose because you you're so good at so many things whereas i was just like no i'm only i'm only I, i'm only creative see like, that's what i thing. i wished i kind of felt like i wish i you had wish you'd had how different oh I guess see it, how different your life would have been, but like you say, it all yeah, comes around it, in a circle. It opened up different things, and it meant that in 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 the end, I ended up choosing acting. And even though I've never, you know, I've not gone on to be an actor, I kind of what I found interesting about acting mm. was that it felt like a really complete art. Yeah, you yeah, know, it, that that's there's, what Sarah says. there's yeah, the set design, yeah. there's the there's the site, the that kind of the psychology, yeah. there's the literature, yeah. and then it's also physical, and you can you can go like especially with theatre, you can, you can create oh, yeah. a piece of art that's like you, really you know. Can't, yeah. So I kind of thought, well, maybe that's what makes more sense, and I got a lot out of mm. of it. Um, but so you know, it's in some ways maybe it's made my life a bit richer. The fact that I didn't do that because mm. I've just then explored loads of other areas that which I really yeah. love, you know. And it probably really brought on your writing. Yeah, yeah, because you kind of learn about storytelling and yeah, yeah, what's interesting to tell. You did the show, so did you? Yes. So what made you move to London then? Oh, I just got obsessed with London. I was like, again, I've got an awful thing called. FOMO. <laughs> Very determined that mm-hmm. fashion was what I wanted to do. Okay. And London was like, you know, if you'd gone from Glasgow to London, yeah. you were making it. And okay. for me, it was about that at that time. It was like, yeah. I need to prove to my yeah, parents yeah. and to everybody that I'm going to work in the fashion industry and I'm going to do this and it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. So Andrew and I lived in a flat together on Ingram Street in Glasgow and... I everything was great. He was working in H and M as a visual merchandiser. I was working in Vivi Rouleau, which is a um, French style ribbon shop. Mm-hmm. Um, had a great good group of friends there. I had it all really. And yeah. it, it was good. Yeah, but it wasn't enough. I just was like, nope. And my sister had also got into Rada, so that was another reason I want to move to London of because course. I couldn't yeah. see my life in Glasgow without her. without her it was like that. those two big reasons so I was like I said to Andrew I was like you can get transferred to H&M down in London you, you'll be able to go up the ladder much quicker yeah because um, he'll be on Oxford Street right um, and I'll try and get a job in a fashion house yeah so we just packed up and, and went down wow. and it's so weird because I got the train from Glasgow to London and I remember getting on the train and I didn't know what was happening to me, but I was having a panic attack. Okay. I was literally, what am I doing? Yeah, what yeah. am I doing? My heart was thumping through my chest. We were just about to pay a £995 rent a month, yeah. gone from like 400 oh my And I didn't have a job. And I'd sold my car to oh get money. God. And I was like, I'd, I'd just put everything on the line yeah. for this. Yeah. So I was really, oh, it was a big, big change. Mm. Um, And it was so hard to get a job. Oh my gosh. I just, it was impossible. I was really struggling. So I got an inter, a a little kind of like, yeah, internship. And I was there for, but I'd also applied for five other internships um, with bigger fashion houses. Like, and I'm talking like ones that, I would never go and work for but I didn't care. I was yeah. just like, I just need... Yeah, you needed, yeah. Yeah, I'd apply for, like, Stella McCartney, um, Tom Ford, uh, Conran Shop, just everywhere yeah. I possibly could. I was just like, oh, they're looking for interns, I'll just yeah. keep applying. I just mm-hmm. wanted to get into that world so mm-hmm. badly. Um, and I got a phone call and they offered me an interview and I went and they were just like, yeah, we love your work. They told me all this stuff that I'd get to do. They were like, we'd really like you to design a print for the collection, which is like um, not the high fashion side of the label, but the more commercial end um, that they sell to shops. So yeah, I started there and it was the worst time of my life. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it couldn't have been a worse 
experience. It's literally like Devil Wears Prada, but worse. I mean, I literally, when I watch Anne Hathaway on that, and people are like, oh, it's a bit over-exaggerated. It is not over- In fact, it's worse than that. It is- wow. You get treated like- It is just obscene, the way people talk to you in this world. It really, really is. God. And I am so- I, I get so vulnerable, and I don't like when people confront me. Yeah. And it was just every day just felt like 50 confrontations. That sounds like I'd just be in tears the whole time. I, there was constantly girls in the toilet crying. Constantly. God, that is so toxic. It's so toxic. It, Jesus. It, you know, you people would just ignore you. No one would smile at you. Um, you'd get the whole look up and down to check what you were wearing. Oh, of um, you were expected to work from 8am till midnight Jeez. every day and if you left early if you were like well I'm just I've got dinner plans yeah. or I want to get home to you know whatever yeah. at a normal time yeah. it would be like well don't bother coming back just don't come back if you're not going to work till midnight and that's not being paid you got paid nothing you got paid travel expenses and that was it so it was a really horrible experience and I didn't get to really do any of the things that I wanted to do. It was all design sheets on computers where I would just work on Photoshop and Illustrator doing design sheets of intricate zips and pockets so that you send those design sheets to China, India, okay. and they would make right. what you had yeah, drawn. Yeah, so it's like the instructions. Basically yeah. instructions of how that garment would be. Um, and that was basically it, what I did, what I did for four months, God. six months. Yeah. And it wasn't anything of the sort that I thought that yeah. I would get to do. Yeah. And going and doing lunch runs for the head designers. And all of this without being paid. Yeah. So basically, to go into the fashion industry, you need to be somehow like have a magic money tree. Yeah. Um, and pr- be prepared to be abused. Abused. Yeah, that's what it was. It was. It was literally abuse the whole time. It was. I lost so much weight. Yeah. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. Andrew and I were arguing all the time. We couldn't afford our rent because I wasn't getting paid anything. It yeah. was miserable. Like, I was wow. so unhappy. At point, I don't know why. There was one time I was getting on the bus and I thought, I just want this bus to just, like, run over my foot. I actually wanted it to run over my foot so I didn't have to go into work. Why didn't I just not go? Like, because what was making me because stay you're being, when I'm you're not taught, being paid? taught to be grateful for the opportunity yeah. and because it's the status what it's... Yeah. The whole place was toxic. Yeah. It was not for me at all. So, But I did do my full intern and part of me at the time felt good about that. I was yeah. like, well, at least I did it. I got through yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but then I really did need a paid job. So got a got a manager job in Sweaty Betty. <laughs> really? <laughs> Went to Sweaty Betty after that. I was like, I want to get fit and healthy again. I want to like think about myself and... I was walking past a tiny little shop um, on Battersea mm-hmm. Road and they were looking for a manager and I was like, oh, I could do that. Okay, good good salary. And yeah, I got I got the job and I was actually really happy there. Yeah. I got to do running clubs, my own running club, my own oh. yoga class that another teacher ran there. And yeah, it was just a really interesting way of life. I got mm. to meet all the yummy mummies of Battersea and all the... <laughs> women of a lot of money that would come in and buy like mm. their latest ski suit for the oh wow that's a whole other world yes, for the ski season yeah and everything would need to match and you know or they'd come in to get their yeah yoga pants that were like 80 pounds i mean sweaty betty is very very expensive yeah 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 i've looked at their running clothes and they're uh, like no. <laughs> so expensive but yeah I did I really enjoyed it there it was good and then Andrew was just like oh my gosh my dream job has just come up at my dad's office this is my chance to get into 
visual journalism, which is what he really, you know, he he, he was at art school as well, mm-hmm. um, just different year to me, and he studied visual communication at Glasgow. So, can I make you more comfortable? I'm very comfortable. Sure? Honestly, I just okay. had to move. Um, and so this was his chance because he was like, I don't want to be a visual merchandiser. It's a young man's game and I don't want to be doing it for the rest of my life. Right. I don't want to be... I mean, he was doing night shifts and things. It was yeah, crazy. He was very yeah. tired. And we were just so unhappy in London. And we looked at what we could get in Yorkshire for our rent and we were like, right, we're doing this. Yeah. So we just moved up. and well. And I, again, was back to not having a job. But something had shifted. I was just like... We have more money now. Mm. I have a bit more time and freedom where I can really think about what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And like, I was still a bit pompous in the world of fashion. Like I, I was like, I'm I'm not going and doing that. I'm not going to go and work there. You know, yeah. I'm working fashion. I had it. I was, you yeah. know, had that kind of young. Yeah, arrogance. Arrogance. Yeah. yeah, I'm better than that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and we'd moved up to. Howden, which is a tiny little village, mm-hmm. going from London to yeah. Howden, there was I had no friends, I had yeah. nobody really. So again, it was another huge transition. So yeah, I just got a, I got a job in Reese, and then Dear Prudence just was came alive. I don't know what happened. It just it, Andrew went. He said to me, "You're you're remember you used to do cards and you used to sell really well." And I'm like, "I'm not do I'm not going from." fashion to doing cards Andrew like no that I'd I'd still want to be a respect a textile designer I'm still going to work on that I want to do prints for fashion that's and I just didn't didn't accept I wouldn't let my brain think any other way even though I hated it when I was doing it all I just wouldn't allow myself Uh, but then Andrew was still he was like the you've got to think about the money side and I really think this could work for you. Not just cards, like stationery, notebooks, and the more, a gift wrap, and the more he was saying things, I was like, okay, no, yeah, I could, that, I could start doing that now. Yeah, yeah. It's like, a, right away, I could mm. just start. And he did have a point, my stuff like that did always sell quite well. It was always at exhibitions or markets it was never my textiles that sold it was always i guess paper. Stuff at, yeah and stuff at a lower price point, lower price point yeah. exactly um and i was like god i could start that up on nothing really mm. small and within a week i had my first trade show booked within a week within a week i was that i needed to have a trade show or something to work to work towards yeah so i applied to the home and gift fair in harrogate and back then, like 11 years ago, that was amazing. That was a really good show to do. And I was like, right, I've got six months to pull together a collection of like 30 cards, some prints. I'll just start with that. Yeah. And my stand was tiny. It was like two by one. And it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I've never felt so like I belonged in this world. Wow. Because the problem is, back then, there was nothing different. Mm-hmm. All greeting cards were were run by agents right. who would take on and license different artists to do collections for them. Okay. And it was all very suit, tie, yeah. wheelie suitcase men who would or were older. And it was the greetings cards industry was very different to what it is now. It was oh, all okay. massive agencies... Mm-hmm. who had hundreds of card collections mm-hmm. who would sell all over the world and there was only like maybe 40 of them yeah so it was i was not the first but one of the first yeah. just me yeah selling my own collection at yeah. a trade show um it, it just and now you go to a trade show and it's just like everyone yeah because it's so easy to do now yeah and everyone's doing it so Gosh, Back then, it was really on. Un- because that's really interesting. Because I was thinking when you said that you had you'd booked in for a trade show, and I was thinking, I didn't even know that trade shows existed. And I can mm. imagine that you know that's another thing of like you know understanding how to create a business, um, because 
artists have always made always made cards, you know, yeah. to sell whatever. But I guess it's like, oh, I'll just sell them from my studio or yeah, from, you know, totally. in like I don't know, a, a yeah. small shop. But to take, but to it, take it to that, to that level. level of wholesale. Yeah, and I'm gonna make. I'm gonna have some of this pie for myself. Yeah. Why do all the big agencies get them? Why can't I? Yeah. And I wanted to go down the wholesale route. I yeah. don't know. I don't know why I had done selling my work already retail and remember that you know online shops and Instagram didn't exist yet of course yeah and I just loved trade shows I loved talking to buyers I loved having other opportunities to design and collaborate with shops yeah I loved that side of it so on my first day I had an order for Liberty the V&A wow it was literally like going from zero to like I was like, why didn't I do this years ago? Yeah. It was like the light bulb moment. Yeah. Where I was like, this is where I belong, and everyone was so friendly and supportive. I was like, the greetings card industry are glorious. <laughs> Everyone's wanting to help you. I got so many, so much help from an amazing girl called Rosie and her card company is called Rosie Wonders, mm-hmm. and she's based in London. She's been going now for twenty years. And she was just, she took me under her wing and just was like, okay, this is called a pro forma. This is called an invoice. You need a minimum order. You need to do this, this. She just told me. And I was like, you're just giving this information away for free. I was so grateful to her. Wow. Um, Basically what you did for me. <laughs> yeah, I just think that, it's yes, it, someone else had a really, I think it was Lizzie as well on uh, Instagram. They did a really interesting um IGTV about why are we all keeping our our um, contacts close to our sleeve mm. and we don't want to give out any it's information. A, it's a really tricky one, isn't it? Because I've seen a few conversations about it lately, and it's kind of like it, it, it's like we take for granted that people will just give that information away. And I think yeah. like I've seen creators on Instagram saying, "Stop tell, sending, asking me, you know, who who are my stockists, who's my printer, all of these this information. It's taken me years to build this up. Yeah. You have to do that for yourself." Yeah, and I, get, I do I, get, that. I do yeah. get that. I totally get that. And I think so much of it is about. It's about how you ask. It's about whether you have a relationship with that person. With that person, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, coming out of the cold and just going, all oh, right, so give me all of the information uh-huh. that you've amassed over no, your I tenure that a lot and I hate yeah. it. Yeah. It has to be a friend or someone that I yeah. know that goes about it in a really genuine way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there's like... And that maybe has something else to exchange, mm. you know? So it's like that you can kind of help yeah, each help other. Yeah, help each other. In, in you know whatever in way journey. so it's it's more it's more kind of like whole how do you say it like ho- not wholesome but like holistic I don't know yeah, 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 yeah like definitely the, yeah. I agree yeah. you know I do get quite a lot of messages from people just like how do you do this and yeah. where did you get this and it is yeah people I've never met yeah. don't know so yeah. it can be tricky but yeah. yeah so I was really grateful to Rosie who just you know took me under her wing and it it was literally like I didn't look back from then on wow had another trade show booked as soon as I got back that was my first London show I mean I was sick twice in the toilet I was so nervous but again went amazingly well wow you know got approached by Urban Outfitters to do an entire collection of ceramics and homewares and working closely with the V&A buyer as well on prints and um, got into the Barbican and I just all these that's incredible so in a way what shop. you'd kind of hoped for like with yeah. your fashion work yeah it actually like that was gonna happen yeah but just with a just different with a different different form with a product yeah that's yeah. what I needed and I realize now that actually my um style of drawing because it is quite small suits paper yeah down to a T yeah and I just, that was me. And then I got my, my distributor in mm. Germany. He invited Andrew and I to Berlin and stay in his house and um, showed me all my stockists around Germany and and the Netherlands. And we just had a fantastic time. And he was with me for nine years. Um, but things just move on and change and, mm. you know... Yeah. I have to keep remembering to keep fresh and yeah. change with the times yeah, and change. Business I've, changes. Exactly. Yeah. And I've seen it then 
and where it is now is unreal the difference is just incredible like that I doubt trade shows are going to be a thing anymore because you've got all the online trade platforms. And do you think that's what it is? Do you think it's like Instagram? Yeah. I mean, Instagram's kind of like eaten up it's so eaten many up other everything. avenues yeah. of of yeah. communication it's and of selling. It's just not face-to-face anymore yeah. at all. It's It was all face-to-face then. But it is good. I think it's... You can you can get where you need to go quicker Yeah. than, you know... There was a time where I was just like, I don't know how to reach the places that I want to be. Yeah. Without the trade show, yeah. it was very, very difficult. Yeah. But you need to save up that money. Well, I mean, that's it because you've got to pay, don't you, yeah. for the stall and then up front, up like much. six, seven months before. You can pay in instalments, right? Which is what I did because I still had my full time job in Reese. Yeah. So I, I used all that money mm-hmm. to pay for I saved up and used that to, mm. you know it's very very important to still have a full-time job yeah when you're starting out and just work at night on your own stuff and just build that up gradually and then it, I moved then to a part-time job mm-hmm. just two days a week and then it wasn't until we had a family that I was like right right now that was like the cutting off point for me I'm gonna leave have my babies and not go back into full-time work and right. that's what happened so, okay. or any kind of job um and surprisingly enough you can have kids and still grow yeah because you've carried on yeah, yeah yeah still grow your business really efficiently mm-hmm. um and you've got to be organized and you've disciplined. got to be really organized and disciplined yeah, yeah you really do you can't muck about you've got yeah. to just be like right i've got one day a week yeah to get everything done yeah but um, I couldn't have done it without help. Like I took my mum and my sister on when I had Eli, my second, and I moved all my stock because then I used to pack all my orders. Mm. So I moved all my stock up to my mum and dad's outhouse in their garden and my mum and sister just shared the workload mm. and got everything out for them and I'd pay them, put them on a payroll and I'd pay them every month. Wow. So they were like my little team. Yeah. And then as, you know, technology moves forward yeah. and then my printer was like, you know, we've now got the capacity where we can hold all your stock ah, and post your post orders out. directly, yeah. And it was saving me money because I wasn't just sitting on stock. Yeah. And it was just the best thing ever. It really was. Wow. Um, so, yeah, and that's it, really. That's where I've... Um, you know, come to and still the wholesale side, still my main part of my business. And I think it will be definitely for the next three years because with having another baby, third boy, I have to focus in on the places that I know that are working, which is online trade shows and driving business to there. So I'm now looking at, analytics and yeah yeah on, like on SEO these platforms and... and trying to get my like the algorithm of my yeah. cards to be seen at the top yeah I mean it's basically like Etsy yeah. but a wholesale platform yeah so I'm suddenly like oh I should you know get my new collection on there so yeah. I've moved up and get more shops to see me yeah, yeah. and it's worldwide I mean I've you... heard or- I've heard orders from like Virginia to Maine, to California. Wow. It is, it's suddenly, I, I couldn't break into the US. Uh-huh. I couldn't, and the US was never somewhere I could break into. I had Australia and I had Europe and the UK, but like US Kylie like, just couldn't break couldn't America. Break, Kylie couldn't break America. <laughs> I literally couldn't break America. I was like, there's so many shops there. Yeah. And the New York trade show is insanely expensive and I couldn't afford... You get a tiny little bit of funding, but it's not right. enough. Yeah. Um, so I, so to, to be able to suddenly just do it yeah. through an online... That amazing. makes sense. That makes sense for that to exist mm. because it kind of... That's what's needed because... Yeah. Especially with COVID. Yes. You know... Shop, shops can't go to their, their usual trade shows. Yeah. And also because America's so big mm. and everything states... Mm-hmm. You don't get a trade show in every state. So shops are having to get flights. Oh, God. Thousands yeah. of miles yeah, yeah. to New York. Yeah. 
to go to one big trade show yeah. and now they can just have it all, have it all online. online and it's so slick and it's so beautiful and I love using it and it's so user friendly so it's like it's definitely where I feel like I need to drive things at yeah. the moment because yeah. all I need to do is type out an order send it to my printer and it's done yeah and they send it out and it's just my designing's going to take a bit of a um hit but yeah that's okay and yeah. I and I know that when I need to do it, I need to do it. I'll just be like Andrew. I need I need need time to do my own yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because like you were saying, when you don't get your creativity time, yeah. and you just feel like you're packing orders to go to the post office, yeah. it can start to feel. It's great because yeah. it's money. Yeah. And it feels amazing, but you you need the other yeah. end of it. Absolutely, and I I think that's. I feel like because when I when I started designing the cards, the first card collection. I just had Elwyn mm. and I was so fired up mm-hmm. to just be drawing and mm-hmm. designing and that's just what I did. Yeah. I would like, I he, every moment that he was asleep, I would be drawing and it was yeah. so wonderful and it was oh. kind of like this this intense romance I had with... I could see it going yeah. on. I yeah. was like, you were so in it. Yeah. Com- it was so beautiful. Completely. But in a way, it's like, because I, don't, I didn't have anything else to think about. You know, it was just like, I'm just going to design these cards and that's all I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And then once you actually get into the process of selling and like what you've just described, you know, being the business manager, mm-hmm. being the marketing manager, being the photographer, it's so many different things. And like, that's where I'm now in a position where... I barely get time to draw and yeah. that's what started it all. Yeah. And like it's you know it's and like it's I've got bizarre. to find a way yeah. of and I and I, and I was saying to John yesterday like cuz I was like I've you know we, we we swap so often it's like right who can work this afternoon yeah, as the kids you know well. so yeah. we prioritize like right what if you got orders that need to go out okay well I won't do that and I find it so hard to say I just I need to draw today yeah. that's what I, that's my priority because mm-hmm. I'll just go oh it's fine I'll do it in the evening and I don't do it in the evening because no, I'm shattered you're shattered and you need and you need that especially because it doesn't come all the time no exactly you don't feel that need to create yeah. every day yeah yeah or sit down and draw and when the feeling comes to you and it's so intense yeah you have to go and do it yeah. because you're really anxious if you don't. Yeah, and then but like that's not something that you can do when you've got kids. Nope. You can't just kind of drop everything. Nope. So it's a, it is a really hard juggle trying to harness those moments and yeah. like and lean into them and do them, but at the same time juggle the responsibilities Ability, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah and 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 pack up orders, which is great because I'm you know I want those orders to be coming in because that's what's that's my livelihood. That's, that's what's life. putting food well, food on the table. That's very important. Yeah, to have that. So like, you wouldn't be able to do any drawing exactly if you didn't have that exactly. But I loved like when I'd see pictures of you on Instagram, like drawing in candlelight, and yeah. it just it was. It was so lovely for me to watch because it was, you were at the beginning of the journey yeah. of having, not knowing where it's going to go. Yeah. And yeah. how interesting that we could both start out designing for cards mm-hmm. and, but look how different our yeah. paths are. Yeah, yeah. You've got an amazing store now okay. selling beautiful, you know, curated things that you just... It, they just feel like you yeah. and you people just want that and then I'm in this like purely stationary yeah. so it's just you can do so many things yeah with starting having a card line yeah can go so many different directions absolutely and take you on a totally different path so I think that's, that's what's great about it it you is know? it's so true and you don't feel that competitiveness either mm-hmm. because most people have totally unique styles when it comes to cards yeah um but they they have to be commercial and they have to be able to sell yeah and sell again and again and again yeah otherwise yeah they're they're not they're not gonna make it yeah and that's the thing it's the compromise you've got to make isn't it between because it's funny when when i left my job after having griffin I just knew that I wasn't going to go back to my work. I was like, but I know that I want to work for myself mm. and I wanted to be creative, mm-hmm. but it has to be 
money focused. Money focused. There yeah. was I never felt like you know I oh maybe go into like performance art or you no, know no, anything no. like that. It was like no, this it has got to has this has got to, to be make, about me making people money. People have to want back. And yeah. I saw that in you when you said to me, I've been thinking about. I think you said prints for the kitchen as well. Yeah. And I was like. Oh my goodness, yes. Yeah. Like you were already thinking about what would people want to buy. Totally, totally. And it was always that. And so in a way, I think it's possibly, like, I'd love to be able to have, well, it's possibly actually what I'm going to do at the end of this 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 summer is I'm going on this, you know, six-day retreat. And each day there's going to be a focus on creating art. And that's kind of what I need to just mm-hmm. be creating for the sake of creating yeah. because I've not allowed myself no. so far to create anything without thinking, this is this commercial? Yeah, is this going to be sell. appealing? Yeah. yeah, will this work as a design on a card that is a product yeah. that's going to sell? That's another struggle that I have as well. I've had it all my life where I've got two different sides of my brain as well. Yeah. So one part is always about the new thing that's going to sell and yeah. the other side is just creating for creating sake yeah. and not. Yeah. But sometimes you can do that and then that becomes some of your best work. Oh yeah, and that's like bingo. <laughs> like, yes! Like, yeah. <laughs> but doing it thinking this isn't for anything yeah because you've got to be prepared to do crap art yeah you know you've got that, that oh stuff my God, you can't be up. afraid of that yeah you cannot be you're never ever going to get it right every time you can and that's why sketchbooks are great because yeah. you can just turn the page and start over yeah. and you don't have to look back you just yeah. keep going until you get it right or how yeah. you want because sometimes you're like, i'm so frustrated with this it's not looking the way i want it to but then everyone else is like, what are you talking about? It's great. Yeah. But you just got this in your head yeah. that it needs to be this way. Yeah, you've got... I know, that. I get that a lot. It's like, no, but it doesn't look like that in my brain. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's like something different. Or you visualise something in your head and you're like, this is going to be unreal. <laughs> and then you go and do it and you're like, that is rubbish. Damn, it's not how I imagined it in my head at all you get so excited and then it's disappointing when you do the process yeah quite often for me it's it's just i'm not thinking about it and i'll do it and then i'm getting into it yeah oh i'm liking this this is good this is good yeah um and it's it's over like so quick yeah i know oh god it's it's amazing the creative brain isn't it it really having seven months of it being switched off yeah, seven months pregnancy. of not wanting to pick up a pencil mm. take a photograph go on instagram even look on pinterest nothing it died it all died java it and all that died is, that is crazy coming from you yeah from from how i've known you terrifying because i literally didn't know when it was going to come back i was yeah. like i have no interest in, and how miserable my life was yeah and i've realized that having that creative flow is what makes me happy yeah that's happiness to me yeah that all just makes me feel so as soon as it started to come back it was very very slow it was like drip drip yeah. drip back yeah. in and you probably see it on instagram actually <laughs> yeah. i'd start posting like maybe once a week yeah and then it went to twice a week yeah. and then it started to go up 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 and yeah. then people like you're back yeah and then i was back in my studio doing it again and I was like and it just yeah it all came back and I was like oh my god I was so scared there that I'd lost myself forever oh my god because your body was busy creating yeah a a person oh I feel like we've we've kind of come full circle circle, and there will be there will be more circles to come as well Mm -hmm. but like I feel like talking to you now about our creative journeys your creative journey and and a bit of mine like mm-hmm. you I know I say it all the time but like this would not I don't know if this would have happened without you you know you have been all you needed was a little shove from someone that's been in it to say you, this is good this yeah. is good stuff but that also like that's testament to you that I felt that I could trust you mm-hmm. you know because like, it's an idea that I'd been thinking about for ages and I'd like kind of yeah. like develop these ideas for cards and I just didn't have the confidence and I didn't really know who to talk to about it and yeah. and it's a scary thing and also because you're so established you know it's oh, like I don't feel like I am come on you are you know from the conversation today just yeah. like you we all know like you are really established and like mm. and so that's quite intimidating 
but because you're so lovely and gorgeous and open and generous I like managed to and I remember sending you the message I remember like typing it out and like will I press send will I press send yeah and I loved everything you did and I was like that needs to be a repeat print and do that like that and the cockles print yeah yeah the way that you saw everything you just were so clear certain things and keep it simple yeah oh thank you so much for talking to me today i've loved it i've loved being in your house it's so lovely and eating an orange and having the most delicious tea it has been this your one from your shop yeah 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 it's nudity happy blend it's beautiful it's got like rose and cacao nibs in it it's beautiful isn't it Mm. it has been so glorious to see you sat on this big yellow cushion eating oranges drinking tea with the baby that will soon be meeting inside you thanks Jabba and thank you for having me I've loved it I can't wait to hear all the podcasts of all the lovely women that you've interviewed interviewed chatted to chatted to chatted to that sounds too formal thank you thanks Jabba you can find Laurie on Instagram at Dear Prudence Studio where she shares insights into her process her work and her beautiful home go to dearprudence.com to find Laurie's selection of whimsical cards and stationery Thank you so much for listening to On The Irregular. Please make sure you review and subscribe as it helps other listeners find us.